Hello and welcome to Complainer Daily, where I complain so you don't have to. You may have noticed that we are mostly talking about the things that happened in the last week, so we are slowly getting a list of things that keep developing and because of this we are talking about them for multiple weeks, which is fine, it kinda is like nice news coverage, which is, mm, oh well. Um, Today we have a few things from previous weeks and also some things that will definitely keep happening in future, in next weeks, um, maybe even over the weekend while I'm recording this, but you have to stop collecting data at some point. So, I have to figure out how to breathe and make other human noises in a way that aren't recorded in an annoying way. Should I like clap and then find it easily and remove? Sounds like a bad idea. Other people's brief too, right? I mean, is this a thing? Okay, um, we are starting with live, com live complaints, which are basically my own annoying bits. I have a lot of strong feelings about American Express, Amex. And some are positive, like the fact that they are like only opposition to duopoly of MasterCard and Visa. Uh, Discover doesn't count, just to be clear. Um, and others are negative, like having weird non-standard card, configura card configurations and it's not supported everywhere and stuff like this. Plus, it's not their fault, but obviously they are both issuing cards and are a card service provider. So all of them, uh, Amex cards, have options of being those really annoying, uh, at least for like non-Americans, reward schemes that just like, yeah, whatever. I don't like the idea. Now, this story starts this week uh, when I tried to access their website. I happen to have Amex. Their automated font system isn't a disaster, but this is like really quite annoying. And what was annoying was first support agent who kept repeating same things even after I told him twice that I've already done the thing. And that's like standard support experience uh, in most companies. On the next call, I think I got to someone more experienced and he actually listened to everything I've said and then provided useful reply. And then listened to me complaining about how incredibly stupid this solution was. And solution worked, just to be clear, and that makes it even worse because that means he wasn't wrong. It's Amex who's wrong in this case. Let me tell the main issue here. So when you change when you try to change passwords, you will be told it's minimum eight characters. And that's bad. It shouldn't be an option, it should be minimum 12. And you have to have one letter and one number, fine, whatever. Uh, you should have those anyway, it's like obvious. And that's fine. So, after I've created password in Bitwarden, which is, which is my password manager of choice, it didn't work. At all. Multiple times. Multiple passwords. So on the call, I was told that actually there is more than three rules that I just made. I just said, um, so system requires you to have maximum 20 characters in the password, which is quite bad and annoying. There's a lot of incompetent websites that will restrict you to 16 characters, for example. There's no need for it. There's no reason for it. It doesn't save anything in the company. It's not like the longer password takes more space. Like even with the terrible hash, uh, like SSH256, the passwords will be set length. Is two five six? It's not two hundred fifty six characters. I don't remember how long. This is a bit. 
not character, but whatever, it's quite long. And it's unrelevant whether the password was one character or 16 character or half a million characters, it will end up being exactly the same afterwards. So it doesn't impact anything unless you store passwords in plain text. Obviously, like impacts processing power on the creation to calculate the password and then on usage. But like 50 is fine. Also, I just see I just rambled over half of the script for this. So let me have a look. Blah, 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 incompetent websites. Yeah. Oh, I was also told, that's the main issue here, that passwords work better when they are lowercase. And I, this is like ridiculous bullshit. I thought this was a joke. And like it's 2020, come on. But yeah, no, I made my character under 20 password, lowercase, and then some numbers and special limited amount of special characters. And it works. So I tweeted at them. They are very slow to reply and their replies are incompetent. It's like, oh, we have those rules in place to ensure your security. And I'm just like replying to them on Twitter. How is having shorter password more secure for me than having longer password? And they just like typical incompetent support. I have to chase them again because it's just a joke. It's a shame that I'm not like a famous person with a bunch of followers who can then chase them and complain a lot. One person, what the hell you can do on Twitter. Yeah, Amex, what the hell? Get a hold of yourself, fix it. Social complaints. How technology impacts the world around us. <laughs> this is actually kind of related. Verizon in US will be using Google's contact center AI service. There is a lot of amazing technology here we can complain about. This whole thing is basically packaged and ready to use solution made by Google with already existing Google tools that companies have been too lazy or incompetent to implement correctly, right? <laughs> it's nothing to do with Google being like known for poor documentation of its API, right? Let's, let's make it this clear. So what you end up with is your typical chatbot, but made by one of the biggest tech companies in the world, taught based on millions of hours of call recordings, including exact subject that is are expected to be raised in this particular business and also sitting on powerful web well-paid server and considering that Google duplex exists and works well you can expect this to actually work very well and be, in, be a success <laughs> where this switches from amazing tech into social complaints is what happens where bot gets confused or you just get annoyed and generally system decides to switch you off to the actual person right system can just decide without you having to ask for it or something. Uh, bot will still listen on the call and provide suggestions to the agent how to reply to my request. You know, in case agent is incompetent. And I know for a fact this is a great idea because my general impression is people like in general as a humanity are incompetent and I kind of do support too. So I know what people raise tickets to me. And I will probably like it when it goes well, because like in my special case, I'm the competent one and people coming with questions have legit issues or they forgot to read the manual, right? That's like the most common thing. Like just like read the email with instructions we send and also read the manual. That would be most of my job uh, on the support side at least. But quite a lot of them have like actual issues either because there is a problem or because like our system could be better, right? But average support happens because someone haven't read the manual or has actual problem, but then you call low paid uh, person in country where like 
this low payment is even allowed, usually in India, and this person doesn't know what's happening, isn't given enough power to action anything, and usually just doesn't know what happens. And sometimes there is a language barrier because even if this person speaks and understands perfectly English, they may have like heavy accent. And just to be clear, by the way, like India is most popular, but so it kind of connects it to the problem. But India isn't a problem. It's a problem that you outsourced your support to people who speak the same language differently. It's also possibly not their main language. And also you don't give them enough power to actually do things properly. And also quite possibly they are low paid, low motivated, poorly trained in the subject, right? Because if they are lowly paid, how much you are going to spend on training? I had situations um, when I called some UK bank and I was connected to someone in Scotland, I think, or something like that, with a very, very strong Scottish accent. And that was when I was new to UK, so my uh, like real-life English wasn't amazing either, just to be clear. But it was a disaster. It was like, oh my god, I couldn't understand him, I don't know if he could understand me, it was just a disaster. So that's a problem. Like, company I work for, every support person you speak with is generally experienced, uh, well-trained into providing support to you. And yeah, and we pick up calls and everything. We are actually quite amazing. I'm amazed how our support, how well our support works for a customer. It's not perfect because nothing is, but it's quite jarring when I call the different company and I expect someone to pick up the phone. And it's like, well, yeah, they are not picking up the calls. It's not the thing they do. Uh, last week I talked about the threat to foreign students in USA. Oh, US. By the way, this is going to be a lot of rumble today. I specifically try to say US, which is United States, instead of USA, which is United States of America, because this is a very, very stupid name. First of all, there are two Americans, uh, Americas, and US isn't whole of each any of those. They are United States, and they happen to be on a continent of North America. And there is also Canada there, and Mexico, and I actually terrible with geography, so I don't know if there's something under Mexico that is still in North America. Sorry about that. So, a few things have changed since for the foreign stu uh, students policy. Um, I mentioned that two schools, uh, that was Harvard and MIT, uh, just straight up sued the government. Now we have 17 states suing government, saying the decision was arbitrary and capricious, and they said it would cause irreparable financial harm to schools. And by the way, schooling costs for international international students and how much China is spending in US in this sector is a whole separate amazing can of worms. Just like have look into it. Uh, there's quite a lot of good videos about it. Within minutes of remote hearing with Harvard and MIT student uh, MIT boards, Homeland Security agreed to revoke this change. I have a here nice note. We will see how this will ha what will happen next week. Well, in the meantime, stuff happened, but it wasn't very interesting. That was typical like Trump administration mess, where president said something, then he's like, vice president said something, and then the actual government body agency was like, yeah, that's not what's going to happen. Now, that's fun. I like escape rooms. Well well-designed escape rooms. Uh, it's a lot of fun. If you haven't heard about it, 
go and look around. Obviously, you cannot actually use a lot of those right now because we are in lockdowns all over the place. Hopefully, you are in some kind of lockdown or restrictions of contact and social distancing. If not, either you are very lucky or your country is handling the whole thing improperly. Escape room is this whole fun where you are being locked into a small room and you have to find a way out of it. Usually the main door is actually opened, as in like if you want to give up or you have a panic attack or something. So you have a nice theme uh, of something usually, so this is like a story involved or something like that, so maybe you are in a basement and the story says you are in a basement but of a crazy uh, scientist and this is a lab. And the first room is usually simple and you have to find a way out. So for example, you find codes uh, to doors behind um, paintings, stuff like this. There are puzzles that you have to solve. The boring kind usually ends up with a number that you have to put on a, on a padlock with like four, five, six numbers. The good ones require you to actually do something. So like you take a figure and put it in a correct place on a chessboard and then there are magnets and sensors involved and that will open the door. Uh, so that's amazing. Now, Google Forms escape rooms. Yep, yep, that's a thing now. So it started as a project by a librarian that was looking for a replacement for physical event that couldn't uh, be organized because of pandemic. Please check show notes for amazing article by The Verge or Google uh, The Verge Google Forms. At this time, this is enough to get an article. An article is really good and contains many links to experiences uh, made in this way and similar ones. And the whole thing is both educational and fun and it will hopefully just catch interest of your children for long enough uh, for you to do for yourself because they are like different ages and uh, interest groups. And I actually cannot think about anything to complain about it that makes sense. Just go and enjoy it and um, feel free to complain about me not complaining on my Twitter if you can find it. Another disruption to my complaints or prove they are creating change in the world? Probably not. Um, a few weeks ago California announced that they will ban all non-electric trucks, vans and buses by 2045 with some millstones on the way. Now 15 more states have announced that they will follow the same process. And this is actually amazing because if enough states uh, start to change, then for big companies it's no longer worth having multiple standards and policies, or in this case cars. With multi multi-state companies switching, we can see, produ see producers switching, and that impacts normal people too. And with US switching, we have a market shift that can affect global tendencies and prices. This is a good thing. All of this should happen years ago, much shorter timelines. And on one hand, I won't be properly able to properly appreciate benefits in my life, my lifetime because we started way too late. On the other hand, I will also like, I won't have to suffer through all of the actual consequences of the fact that we are late. I will only have to tr suffer through issues because we have a transition from outdated things into uh, electricity so yeah, I'm not sure if I'm happy about it or not. I'm happy that something is happening. Shame it's so late. Well, mostly positive thing, Starlink is opening a closed beta of its system. And for now it's restricted to US users who have clear view of Northern Sky, uh, which is quite interesting. We know why. That's because that's where satellites are at the moment. 
we also know quite a lot of other informations like NDAs, documentation, stuff like this because uh, it has been leaked and or mined from their website. Don't just expect that stuff will not be visible because it's not visible if it's not protected by a password. Someone will find it by just randomly checking all the links on your website. We will see how it goes. I kind of hope that I can start testing something in UK next year or, well, at least there will be UK open for testing next year. We will see. Now, coming back to Hong Kong, we can talk about VPNs this time. Some of them are closing their servers in the city. Proton is just making this location a high risk, same as Russia and many others. And also most of VPNs are just trust in their infrastructure and fact that they don't keep any data or logs. But quite a lot of them said that the biggest issue is actually that right now as China is controlling Hong Kong more, Apple will probably just ban all of the VPNs because they're like bending to China orders a lot. And yeah, they will just like switch off your VPN apps uh, in the App Store. And obviously uh, iPhone is very popular. Uh, our last segment today, tech complaints. So like actual tech for tech's sake. Windows Server just got critical fix, um, updating uh, version 2013 to 2019 is now basically a mandatory. Just to confirm Windows Server, not standard Windows 10 or something. DNS flaw was discovered and it gives admin access uh, to whole network with option to jump to all computers connected to it. And you can track it as CVE 2020-1350. If by some accident you are a Windows Network admin listening to it, why we are still in what? July 2020, go and update your server. Now, second thing, Google is doing redesign of Gmail to change it into collaboration tool that will merge uh, chat, drive, calendar, I think also meet. Uh, chat is the hangout replacement. Yeah, that's for business. Uh, normal users, I think, also have chat now, whatever. I have nothing against it in principle, but we know how bad Google is with those things. That's for starters. And in addition to that, I'm sure this will be amazing for all companies that you'd that use G Suite as their main thing and aren't using something like Slack, right? Because now they get more features, it's better. At the same time, for companies that use Slack, it will be small improvement that will cause disturbance as some users try to use it more instead of Slack, while the rest of company is fully on Slack. And I'm all in for better service that saves me paying for first party to like Slack. But this is like a minimum two years away, I would say. Slack is, has way too much of the good stuff at the moment. IBM's researchers managed to intercept 40 gigabytes of materials and training videos belonging to Iranian state hackers. It included a lot of valuable data uh, that can be used in the future, but most flashy ones are instructions and videos showing exactly how to operate and are intended as training. And this is quite curious because you can look and see not only, oh, this is a tool used by those hackers, but also this is exactly how hackers are doing certain specific things like what do they do if they just hacked your email account. Turns out they spent two hours coming to your emails and looking for all other services that will let them reset passwords to an email, things like this. They will also obviously 
delete all the emails that come in and say, oh, this is suspicious login. Sounds reasonable. Those emails sound kind of pointless. If you won't notice them on mobile popping in, you will never see them because person with access deleted them, obviously. Our last and biggest story of this week is unprecedented Twitter issue. So when I woke up, this was already finished uh, and I expect fallout to happen over coming weeks and months. But everything started uh, with what seemed like a mass hack of many prominent and verified accounts belonging to both people and companies. And all of them started posting Bitcoin scam content. It's just like generic, send me this much money in Bitcoin, I will send you double back. And after two hours of this, yes, two hours, Twitter just straight up disabled posting for all verified users on the platform and platform uh, password reset options soon followed. It soon looked like someone just had admin access to Twitter internal tools. And Twitter later confirmed that uh, it was coordinated social engineering attack and compromised uh, some of its employees. So hackers basically just used Twitter own services to start posting as other people. Motherboard also published later articles stating that they talked to two of the hackers who said that they are just straight up paid Twitter employee to help them get access to the internal admin tool. And like screenshots of that tool are floating around the internet right now. Motherboard posted them in the article too. And this is it. This is all for today. Thank you for listening to Complainer Daily, where I complain so you don't have to.